inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thanks for joining today. If you are a speaker who has been already been paid for your gigs, and at this time you might be thinking, it is time for raising my fees, this episode is for you. We have a very special guest that will give you a lot of insight and ideas. Mark Black is a heart and double lung transplant recipient, torn four-time marathon runner, speaker, and coach. He has been speaking professionally since 2005 and has earned the Certified Speaking Professional designation, a designation held by less than 2,000 speakers around the world. He is here today to help you raise your fees so you can have a greater impact and earn a bigger income. Hello, Mark. Hello, Oscar. Thanks for having me. Pleasure talking with you. Uh, Mark, you have a very inspiring personal story I, I read on your some short videos that are on your website also. I watched one of your TEDx talks some time ago. You, you did. But please tell us to all of us who are listening to you a bit of your personal story and how you became a professional speaker. Sure. So, uh, I received a heart and, and lung transplant, uh, in 2002 after, uh, being on the transplant list for almost a year. So it, when I was 23 years old, uh, the doctors told me that my heart condition that I'd had my whole life had gotten much worse and that I was probably not going to survive much longer unless I received this transplant, which uh, they told us at the time was very, very rare and I was mm -hmm. not likely to get, but, but it was my only chance to survive. So we, uh, we did what we had to do to get put on the transplant list and I waited for about a year and then was lucky and got a transplant. Uh, then, uh, immediately within, within weeks, I was working at, um, you know, rehabilitation and getting stronger and began to jog and really enjoyed that. And that eventually turned into running a marathon. And somewhere along that path, I was asked to speak at a local high school graduation ceremony. So just like a guest speaker for mm -hmm. five minutes graduation. And so I prepared my little five minute talk and Afterwards, one of the parents of one of the students came up to me and tried to hire me to speak to his company. He said, mm -hmm. um, how much do you charge? And I didn't even know what he was talking about. <laughs> uh, and, and I said, I say, what do you mean? And he said, well, this is that's what you do, isn't it? And I said, I did, people do that? Like, I didn't know that this was even a thing that you could do. Uh, so he kind of explained to me that they, he books speakers at his company and they paid them very well. And uh, he thought it would be great. And so from there, I began the journey of learning about what speaking was and how to how to get booked and how much to charge and all of those things. Um, I think my first paid presentation was in front of some middle school students, and uh, I pay got paid like a hundred dollars or something in a in a gym, and um, and the rest is history. I guess from there, I started to you know speak more often and then uh, learned about marketing and sales and how to uh, get referrals and slowly uh, raise my fee from from there up to um you know the early four figures and now into you know 
six, seven thousand dollars Canadian, which is I don't know four thousand euros, something in that in that range, depending on the the event. So you were uh, soon after you you recover from this transplant, you would ask for um, kind of um, casual presentation, as you said. What did you feel at that moment? You felt uh, I want to do it, or you felt like hmm. Was it difficult um, to accept and, yeah. and just go to the stage at that moment? No, there were you're, there was a little bit of hesitation, uh, but I had a background in theater, mm. um, so I wasn't I wasn't nervous to be in front of people because that's something I had done before. Uh, I was nervous because I really didn't know if I had anything worthwhile to say. Um, I was, you know, at 24 years old, um, I hadn't really worked a real job anywhere yet, um, so I wasn't sure how. Uh, how much value I could bring. And all I really knew how to do was tell my story, which is what they wanted me to do. So um, that was that was the only hesitation. But it turned out that that was um, worth it, I guess. So. Mm -hmm. so you, and after that, you soon start giving the this very first customer, you know, this, uh, this person who approached to you after uh, your your first uh, your first speech. Um, So it, it took you some time to to start doing often during this first month, let's say. How was this this part of yes. it? Yeah, exactly. So at that time, I was working a, a full-time job at an insurance company. Uh, then, I, then I did some um, substitute teaching. So teaching, like replacing teachers when they're sick. Mm -hmm. um, and that was sort of my, back, my backup income while I began the speaking uh, journey so that I didn't, um, you know, that I didn't, I didn't worry about having, being able to pay the bills. Um, I could, sure. I could add speeches uh, as I got them and still do okay. So, um, yeah. And, and basically one speech turned into, you know, three or four and then those turned into more and those turned into more. And then I think it was two and a half, years maybe or three years later when i just went full-time into speaking mm. quit the other jobs and spent all of my time speaking and or selling and marketing my speaking mm -hmm. yeah around as you said one two two and a half year three years no the takes time to also have a really engaging speak long format no that's going to is what um companies pay for and as you say earlier so learning the marketing and this is very important how to promote your your own work. So what would you say to someone who is at that stage, you know, it's uh, okay. Start giving some speeches or presentations and still having had the first uh, paid gig. Uh. Right. So I think, you know, uh, the biggest challenge that most people have is figuring out who they are and then who their best audience is. So when I speak with new speakers, most of the time, and I ask them, you know, who do you work with or who do you help? They say everybody, right? Mm -hmm. I speak mm -hmm. about leadership and that helps everybody. Or I speak about sales and everybody needs to know about sales. And, and while what you do may benefit anybody that hears it, there are all, there's always a group of people or a, a, a niche, if you like, mm -hmm. of people who are going to benefit from what you do more than others mm -hmm. and who are going to be more drawn to what you do than others. And those are the people you want to focus on. You know, I had a mentor a long time ago who told me that 
you know, unless you're Nike or Coca-Cola, you can't market to everybody <laughs> because that the marketing budget to do that well is billions of dollars and, oh, yeah. and, you know, new speakers don't have that kind of money. But what you can do is you can become very well known in a very small uh, niche in a very small subset of the market. And that's really all you need to do in order to do well. So you first have to decide who does your material help the most or who do you most enjoy working with? Um, because sometimes we're, you know, more drawn to certain types of audiences. Mm -hmm. So for example, when I started speaking, I really enjoyed working with youth. And so I spent most of my early days speaking in high schools and colleges, um, because that was a market that I knew well, I was still quite young. I could relate to the students well, uh, my parents were both teachers. So I knew that market fairly well and I knew what they needed Mm -hmm. and, and how to talk to them. And so that was a natural fit for me. But, you know, if you're a new speaker and you're coming from a, you know, let's say you were an executive in a company, well, then maybe you want to speak to other executives or maybe you want to speak to other companies like yours. Sure. Or, um, so you look look at your experience and where you think your material is going to, to be the most helpful and start there. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's really a case of if you have good material and you do good work, then every event that you do should turn into another one because somebody should see you and say, oh, I want to bring you to my company or, um, you know, I have a friend who works here and they could really use you or uh, whatever it is. And so, um, yeah, that's where that's, you know, you, and, and as far as, as what to charge, you have to just decide. Um, you can do some research, you know, so I'd encourage you to look at other um look at other speakers and find out what they are charging speakers who are similar to, to, to you and who do what you do. Um, and then you just pick a number and you go with it. And, and I would always suggest to people that they start uh, at the lower end um, and get some experience uh, that will allow you to, to, you know, get into the market, to get your feet wet, to, to, to practice your material, uh, to get a good demo video, a good example mm-hmm. of your work. Um, then once you have all of that, then you're much more able to market yourself effectively and, and of course, raise your fee, which is what you want to do ultimately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. Yeah, a couple of things is very important. You said that um, every every successful um, presentation you had, that hopefully all of them will be successful, should lead to a next customer, around right? the referral. So that's, that's pretty important. So that... Um, you will need less marketing if you every time you have a successful uh, presentation from there you get the next customer and the other thing you said a bit earlier was about the uh, finding your the best possible audience no uh, not going so general but finding the the best possible audience so they will really value what you say no many people say this uh, what you're speaking is interesting but there is there are um, specific audiences niches as you said that will value the most what you have to to bring in. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. I mean, once you once you know uh, who those who your who your best audience is, the marketing and the sales part gets easier because um, you know it, when you think about marketing, what you're really doing is you're you're saying I, I need to speak their language, right? So if I'm Speaking to teachers, for example, I'm going to use uh, I'm going to use their kind of vocabulary. I'm going to talk about classrooms and students and 
report cards and, and grades and other things mm. that they use in their world. And that's a very different language than I'm going to use if I'm talking to CEOs of companies who don't deal with any of those things. Uh, and so part of the importance of knowing what your niche is, is that it allows you to write good marketing material. It allows you to have good conversations with people where you can be very specific about what you do in relation to their environment to what they do specifically and then they feel like they that you understand them and they're more likely to book you whereas if you say i'm a leadership speaker and i speak about leadership to everybody well then they kind of say well you know there's lots of leadership speakers why would i want to book this person over somebody else exactly so they feel that you are the you're the right speaker to come and <laughs> to come to us yeah exactly yeah yeah really really Uh, I couldn't agree more what you said. And now going more into the main thing we like to discuss. When you have been already been paid for speaking for a while and you might think, okay, time to increase my fees. How? Could you tell us more about that? All right. So I think there's, you know, there's really two, two main ways that you know when it's the right time. And then we can talk about, you know, how much afterwards, but, mm. um, You know, I think the, the, the right time depends on on you or your business and also your life. So um, typically what's going to happen when you raise your fees is that you're going to lose a little bit of business, right? So let's say you're, mm -hmm. let's use an example. Let's say you're, you're speaking 30 times a year. Um, so you're doing okay, but you, you want to be busier. Um, if you're still struggling to fill your calendar, if you're still struggling to get the amount of business you want, then that's probably not time to raise your fees yet. Mm. Now, if your calendar is full and you can't possibly do any more because you're speaking, you know, uh, 20 days a month and you're traveling all over the place and you're really, really busy, that's a perfect time to raise your fee um, because you'll end up losing some clients on the bottom end, people who can't afford you anymore. You'll also attract some people at the other end uh, where uh, it's a very interesting thing. There are some people that, many people who book speakers who will look at your fee and based on your fee decide if you're good or not. Mm. And so if your fee is, and, and then it's different in different markets. So you have to know what your market is and, and based on geography as well as your market in general. Um, so for example, in, in Canada, in the school market, uh, it's, they have very low budgets. So if you were to charge $5,000 to speak to schools here in Canada, you wouldn't be booked because they don't have that kind of money and they won't pay that kind of money to speak in a school. Um, but on the other hand, if I only charge $5,000 to speak at a big company in the United States, they probably wouldn't book me because they would think I'm not good enough. So you have to know your, again, you have to know where your market is, but, um, <clears throat> if you're being booked a lot and you want, you know, then it's, then it's a great time to raise your fee. The other good time to raise your fee is if you're just, uh, you know, you've been doing it for a while, you're credible, you're doing well. But you um, don't want to be as busy as you are, right? So like in my case, I have um, three children and, and a wife, and I don't want to be traveling 100 days a year. I have colleagues who have purposely kept their fee lower mm -hmm. and travel a lot, and they're quite happy to do that, and their lower fee allows them to get booked more easily. Um, and so that really works for them. For me, I didn't want to be traveling a lot because we have low small kids. So I just raised my fee sooner because I knew raising my fee would mean I'd be a little less busy. But 
I'm making as much or more money because I'm charging more per, per speaking engagement. So, you know, you might want to look at your overall lifestyle and say, okay, well, how often do I want to speak and how much money do I want to make? And then just do the math, <laughs> right? If you want to make $100,000 a year and you only want to speak 20 times, then you need to charge $5,000 as an example. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to get it every time. It doesn't mean it's always that easy, but that's a good place to, to, to start when you think about what you want your fees to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, it's a good piece of advice on huh? to see how, how packed is your calendar already. And you will know that it's, it, it, it will be already the, the right time to increase your fees. Or well, that's it, right? Because some people will, will increase their fee um, because it feels good because they can, you know, say, oh, I, I charge $10,000 or I charge, you know, 10,000 euros or whatever it is to speak. But if nobody's actually booking you and paying you that that fee, then it doesn't really matter what your fee is. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so we need to have fees that um, that are in line with what the market is willing to pay as well. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Maybe you already answered, but uh, there are some that that could be like a mistake. Other mistakes that uh, speakers do related to uh, to setting the fees. Yeah, so I think, you know, so that's, that is one. One yes. is, is the, the new speaker who, who sees a, um, a mentor or somebody they like charging a big fee and figures that they should just charge a big fee because mm. it, it looks good. Um, you know, you have to be worth what you're charging. And the way to know that is whether you're getting repeat bookings and referrals, Right. So if you go and you do get that speech for the big fee, but no one books you afterwards and you don't get asked back, then that's a sign that maybe you weren't worth it. Uh, now, if it happens once, that's not a big deal. But if it happens over and over again, then you know that you're probably charging too much. The, the mistake that most speakers make, though, is that they they wait too long before they raise their fee. They set a number, whatever that is, um, and and they get working and they do well and they're getting booked and then they just they're afraid they're afraid that if they raise their fee, people won't book them anymore. They're afraid that their clients will, will go away. They're afraid um, that they won't get booked again. Um, and, and what I have found is every time that I raise my fee, um, my business has grown. It hasn't, it hasn't gotten smaller um, because some of the current clients won't be able to afford you. That's true. Some of them still can. They just find money in other places. Yeah. And you'll also you'll also acquire new clients uh, who previously weren't willing to look at you because they either didn't know you were there or they didn't think you were good enough mm-hmm. or whatever. And so, um, you know, if you're not raising your fee simply because you're afraid to, then I highly encourage you to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now you also mentioned that um, some, yeah, some potential customer might not believe you are good enough. And maybe at some point you are not good enough for some very demanding customers willing to pay much more. And in this journey of uh, becoming, having many years as a professional speaker, you have to, of course, get better and better of that. And at the beginning, you might not have money to to buy a seminar or a, a speaking coach, someone who works one-to-one with you. But when you have better income, you can do you can invest some of your money on that. So what would you recommend would be the best investment you can make that can eventually lead to increase your fees or become a better speaker? Yeah, that's a great question. So there's two things. Number one, 
is definitely your spear material. So if, you know, some people are, are uh, you know, more traditional, quote unquote, motivational speakers, mm-hmm. and they might have one or two or three presentations that they just do over and over and over again, and they have a different audience every time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, in that case, you just always want to be making the speech better, um, adding new things, trying new things, um, you know, writing and rewriting and trying and practicing. Um, if you're somebody that's really more content driven, so you, um, you know, you're really a teacher more than an entertainer, so to speak. Um, then you're always going to be doing research and, and adding mm-hmm. new material, but definitely the, what you see, the actual speech or presentation itself is the best investment you can make because that's also the best sales tool you have. Um, there's no better way to get booked than to have somebody see you do what you do. Um, the second best thing, they, so and by, so by investing in the in the speech, I mean, you know, time working on it mm-hmm. and money, maybe a coach to help you um, both develop the material and deliver the material. And then the second investment is, is in the business part of speaking. So the, I know some people, I was one of them when I started who was pretty good at delivering the message. It can always get better, but it was pretty good at delivering the message, but I didn't know anything about business. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know how to sell myself. I didn't know how to market. I didn't know how to create it. Didn't know how to get a good demo video. Didn't know how to do a website. Didn't know how to do any of those things. Mm-hmm. And so investing in coaching to run my business was where I spent a lot of my money. And, and, and I would highly encourage people to, to, you know, figure out where your weakness is and, mm. and that's where you need the most coaching. And, and I also encourage you to, to know that you can, you can always upgrade as you go, right? So I've had, I'm going to say probably five websites already in, in 15 years, because I, I just got the best I could afford at the time. And then three or four years later, when I could afford a better one, I got another one. And then when that one got old and I could afford a better one, I got a better one. And the same with my demo video. So you don't have to you know, save up all of your money and wait until you can get the perfect one before you do the first one. Do what you can and then make it better each time um, because you're also going to get better each time, right? And your brand will change and your, um, you know, your topic may change a little bit. Your yeah. material will change. So it's really good to kind of, evolve things over time instead of um you know waiting for everything to be just right before you invest in in growing the the business part of your speaking mm-hmm. yeah something like excellent piece of advice now as you said first is to improve your content that it's a lot of your own work you're going to be working on improving your your script, your material, your slides. You know, someone might need to do your slides unless you are almost a graphical designer, these kind of things. And the second part is the business. No? In here, you need more extra hands. No? You pay for extra hands. Like as an example you have said, is the website or better ways to market your material. Absolutely. Mark, could you now share with us what is your favorite quotation? Oh yes, let's see. Um, I, I'm a, as probably many of your listeners are, I'm a collector of quotations, so I have a lot of favorites. But um, one of them is is from Emerson, I believe. Um, uh, shoot, and how does it go again? Um, he said, uh, "Go boldly in the direction of your dreams and live the life you've imagined." Uh, it just always encourages me to kind of push my limits and dare to try new things. Yeah, those are the, the, the ones that has to, I'm sure you have 
all the all what you have achieved and the obstacle you have uh, uh, passed through the life. <laughs> I'm sure you repeat this this phrase at yourself all the time. And really, that's a great reminder. Exactly. Could you now recommend us one book that has been particularly inspiring or influential for you? Um, well, since we're speaking about um, about speaking and fees and all of those things, I would um, I would really recommend. Um, that you you know go to Amazon and look up books about speaking. There are, there are so many, um, so many really good ones. Um, my favorite one is probably from um, a, a lady. And the book is actually um, the book is actually fairly old, but the, the most of the material in there is still very up to date and very relevant. Um, and it's called Speak and Grow Rich. And it's from uh, a lady named Dottie Walters. Uh, and there's just a ton of great material in there about how to speak and how to set your fees and how to market yourself and, and all of those things. And some of it is a little bit dated because the book is old, but a lot of it is still very relevant. Okay, sounds very interesting, yes, because it's exactly as what we have been discussing today, you know, the business, especially the business side of, of speaking. Mm -hmm. So it's speak and grow rich. Speaking Grow Rich, yeah. All right. Paul, I have to check it out. <laughs> and Mark, also, could you give us an exercise, something practical that you recommend us do it daily or weekly, a routine to shine? Uh, I'm a huge believer in, in, in exercise, um, just because I think it increases, it improves our performance in every area of our life. So uh, I do my best to get four to five days a week to get at least a half hour in of, of whatever. Um, I'm a big fan of jogging, running. Um, but you know, whether it's walking or cycling or swimming or weights or whatever you want to do, just anything that increases our heart rate and gets the oxygen and blood moving in your body is going to help you to obviously stay in shape, but, and, and be healthy, but also, um, you know, keep your mind alert and just perform at a higher level. Mm -hmm. So really keep, keep moving. It's important. Exactly. Yeah, it's very easy, especially as entrepreneurs, to, to be, you know, we're sitting at our computers oh, yes. so much. Too much. It's always a top priority, right? To be, to, to, mm. to do something in front of the computer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. Yes. Well, thanks a lot, uh, Mark, for your, all your time giving us this very generous piece of advice. I'm sure it's going to be very valuable for all of us. So please uh, let us know how we can learn more about you. What are the best ways for following you? Sure. Um, you can, yeah, I would encourage you to, um, you can find me at, at, at uh, Mark Black Speaks on all of the social media channels. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and if you'd like, I, I have a, I wrote a book several years ago called Live Life from the Heart. And yeah. You can get that book. You now, I now give it to people for free as a as a download. So if you go to uh, markblack.ca slash free book, um, you can download the book uh, for free. So if you want to go there and, and check that out, feel free to do that as well. Oh, fabulous. We have uh, the opportunity to read more about your personal story, very inspiring story, how you started um, your career as a professional speaker from this obstacle that life gave you 
Well, thanks a lot for your, for your time, for your generosity, Mark, and I wish you all the best. Thank you, Oscar. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at timetoshinepodcast.com. Until next time... 